When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Now through the neutral zone comes Connor McDavid. Double team, got it back. Great shot, score. What a beautiful move. Deep backhand, went back to the forehand. And welcome back, Connor. His sixth goal of the season is a work of art. Raleigh, he's going to keep it. He hits the five. Hey, Edmonton, that's your quarterback. Mike Riley to the Touchdown, Eskimo! Ladies and gentlemen, Dagger! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chet. Well, say hello to your newest member of the Edmonton Eskimos with the eighth overall pick in the CFL draft. Just a few minutes ago, the Eskimos have drafted Tavon Smith, an exciting wide receiver out of Iowa. Now, he does have a shot here in the National Football League, but the Eskimos willing to be patient. And we're hoping to hook up with Devon in just a few minutes. You will also hear from Eskimos general manager Ed Hervey and head coach Jason Moss. Reed Wilkins with you. Thank you for tuning in tonight. It is 6.07 Inside Sports on 6.30. Chet, glad to be talking to you again. I was uh, off Last week, though, we wouldn't have had shows anyway. I was working Tuesday. That show was preempted because of our wildfire coverage, clearly something way more important. I was away Wednesday through yesterday uh, on a trip to California and following all the uh, wildfire activity just through, obviously, friends I have in the news business and Twitter and uh, the uh, the Internet and all that stuff. And uh, I got to say, it was just absolutely shocking to see. I know being in the United States, when people would ask you where you're from, and they said Edmonton, Alberta, uh, people knew about the fires and, and asked about them. So, obviously, it was a pretty big story. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where anything you say kind of just – pales next to the scope of the event but certainly hope that that things turn around there as quickly as possible and and uh, people are able to get their lives back uh, as close to as, as normal as they can in the time being we'll talk more about fort mcmurray a little bit later on as the head coach and gm of the fort mcmurray oil barons will join us tom keck is going to be on the show tonight kellen do we have tavon we do. Okay, perfect. And we're pleased to be welcomed by the uh, newest member of the Edmonton Eskimos, Tavon Smith. Tavon, my name is Reed Wilkins with 630 Ched. How are you doing, sir? I'm great. How are you doing? Doing very well. First of all, congratulations. What does it mean to you to be taken eighth overall by the Edmonton Eskimos? I mean, it means a lot. Uh, I know I grew up uh, watching both the NFL and the CFL, and, I, and I've always watched um, Edmonton play. And uh, this is a great opportunity to be, to be drafted by, by um, I think, one of the best teams, if not the best team in the CFL. Did you? It sounds like the Eskimos were, were pretty interested in you heading into this. Did Did you get that sense that if you were available, they they really wanted you? No, I actually didn't. I, I didn't. Um, I didn't have any idea. And then when I got the call, I was kind of surprised, but I was excited as well. I mean. Um, Edmonton's a great team, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to be happy to be a part of them. 
Yeah. Tavon, tell us a little bit about about your abilities a, a, as a player. Tell us what kind of a receiver you are and, and what your strengths are. Oh, I think I, I think I, I'm a deep threat. I got I got I got speed. Um, I, I I can make the first man miss, and 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 I can do a lot with the ball. I think uh, I'm an explosive player. I made a lot of uh, explosive plays in college, and um, I, I I use my speed as my advantage, and I'm I'm happy to eventually go out there in, in Edmonton and, and be a part of a great offense. Is there a little bit of uh, excitement for you? And I, and I know there are other opportunities for you here that I will ask you about. But the CFL game, Devon, whenever I talk to an American about it and the adjustment, they don't mention the length or width of the field. They don't mention the four downs. They don't mention the depth of the end zone. Everybody, even the linemen, talk about the wide receiver waggle. Are you a guy that if you wound up in the slot here and we're, and we're able to sprint coming to the line and time it with the snap, would that is that tailored to the type of player you are? Yeah, I think I think I can use that to my advantage. Um, I never actually did it before. Even when I was in high school, I, I, I haven't got a chance to, to do that that waggle. So I guess there's a lot of experience, and I mean, once you get good at it, I, I guess you can be a really big threat in the CFL. Tell us a little bit about your uh, your high school career. Where you know where where you played and and uh, when you recognized that maybe you had a chance here to do something special with football. Well, yeah, I went to um, I, I, I went to my ninth grade. I went to Central Tech, and then um, I uh, transferred halfway through the semester and went to Chaminade. They both both schools were in Toronto. I, I went to Chaminade, and um, I, I played I played went in my tenth grade with the uh, on the varsity team. And uh, my coach kind of, Coach Pat Dio Daddy kind of gave me a shot uh, with playing, and, and ever since ever since then I never looked back. And he's uh, given me every opportunity to um, go out in the states. Um, he, he sent a lot of film out, and um, and that's how I ended up uh, out here in uh, taking my postgrad year in Connecticut and played out there for a year, and, and then that's how I ended up at Iowa. So, I mean, thanks to my coach, I kind of he kind of um, was my mentor growing up and, get, and told me I had a shot. So after going to camps and whatnot, it definitely helped me out um, to where I'm at now. Eskimos draft pick Devon Smith joining us on Inside Sports tonight. He was uh, taken just a, a few minutes ago by the Eskimos' eighth overall first-round pick. He is a wide receiver out of Iowa. Tavon, tell me a little bit about your NFL opportunity with the Colts and and sort of how you're weighing that right now, uh, along with the fact you were just drafted into the CFL. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I signed my I signed my deal or my um, free agent contract um, this other day, and I went through mini camp, and right now I'm just um, doing my best to learn to learn to learn this offense and and, and stick with the team. So uh, I'm I'm only worried about really working hard every single day and um, showing these coaches that I belong here. All right. So uh, are you in, are you with the Colts right now? Yes, I am. Okay. All right. Well, this is an an exciting time for you. And uh, have you, have you taken any passes from Andrew Luck? Oh, not yet. No, not yet. Okay. (laughs) No. Tell me a little bit about the, uh, the video that people can, can find online uh, what was it you did? 41 one-handed catches in a minute. What's the story behind this? Um, oh yeah, I mean, I, I saw I saw Odell um, doing it with with Drew Brees on 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 TV, and then the next day I, I wanted to try it out, so I ended up uh, actually videotaping it, and I ended up beating the record. So 
I didn't know it was going to blow up as much as it did, but I, I told our video guys to go ahead and post it on uh, on Twitter, and they uh, kind of blew up. They tagged um, Odell, and I mean, Guinness um, was uh, wondering if I was going to apply to put my name in the in, in the record books, but I decided not to. I was kind of just going to focus on football. Okay, and Tavon, tell me a little bit about a. Uh, it doesn't have to be a receiver, a, a football player or two that that uh, that you've looked up to in your career, whether it's a hero or somebody you think you're trying to emulate, or just just somebody you like watching. You got anybody along those lines? Yeah, I mean, when I was in when I was in high school, um, I, I had a chance to go to NFL Canada and meet um, Jerry Rice, and, and that was that was a highlight of of my football uh, career, meeting meeting the Hall of Famer and and. and and getting to, to pick his brain, and uh, that kind of that kind of uh, stands out in my life. I think about that stuff every day, and what, what he what he always talked about. And, and I watch I watch all the film about him, and and I um, I try to learn from from the best. So I mean that that was one of the highlights of my life when it comes to football. All right. Well, Devon, I know you probably got a few more of these interviews to do. Uh, obviously, congratulations. I know you're. Uh, I know you're trying to stick with the Colts. So maybe I see you soon. Maybe I don't. But uh, either way, I hope this is a great <laughs> summer for your football career. And and again, welcome to the Eskimos. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thanks for having me. That is Tavon Smith checking in tonight live on Inside Sports on 6.30 Chet. So, you know, he mentioned that he uh, is a guy that can stretch the field. He's never actually played as a slot receiver with the with the waggle that is so uh, such a big deal in the Canadian Football League. With Iowa last year in the Big Ten, he had 32 catches for 563 yards. Now, remember, they only play... 12, 13 games in NCAA football. He wound up playing 11 last year. His yards per catch average last year, 17.6. 17.6 yards per catch uh, for his career. It was 14 south of the border. He obviously wasn't used much in his uh, first season, but a pretty regular part of their offense over his final three seasons. So an exciting time for the young man. Will he be with the Indianapolis Colts, or will he be trying out for the Edmonton Eskimos this summer? You can text us, of course, about this or anything else at 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. It is 616. It is Inside Sports on 630-CHED. The Penguins and the Capitals are underway in Pittsburgh. Of course, the Penguins trying to move on to the Eastern Conference Final. Just over three minutes in, no score yet. When we get back, you'll hear from the man who ultimately made the decision to draft Devon Smith, Eskimos General Manager Ed Hervey. This is Adarius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right. Well, Darius Bowman, good player, won't play forever. Maybe someday Tavon Smith is the new Adarius Bowman. The Eskimos draft him eighth overall. The draft uh, humming along now. I can also tell you that the uh, first overall pick by the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Josiah St. John out of Oklahoma. Laval had three offensive linemen drafted in the first seven. Since 1989, they become just the second CIS school to have three First overall draft picks in the first round. Calgary had three not long ago, back in 2013. So that's a, an interesting little story as well. Reed Wilkins with you. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. 
Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad, glad to be back hosting at a little bit of a time off. You can check my Twitter account, at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. Some video there of the world record Tavon Smith was just talking about breaking Odell Beckham's uh, world record for the most one-handed catches in a minute. Kind of a, a bit of a novelty thing, obviously, but uh, pretty fun and showing off his athleticism. There has been a goal, the uh, goal during our commercial break, the Pittsburgh Penguins get on the board. Phil Kessel with his fourth of the playoffs, so the Penguins up uh, one nothing on the Washington Capitals. Uh, they're only about six minutes into that game, so the Caps down in the series and already down tonight. All right. Uh, shortly after he made the pick, I spoke to Edmonton Eskimos general manager Ed Hervey. Well, Ed, first of all, Devon Smith, uh, what do you like about this young man? Uh, I mean, lots of speed. Um, he has playmaking ability, uh, very good uh, very good hands, an athletic uh, player, and he, he, quite frankly, he was the number one player on our board. And, uh, you know, we've deliberated over it for, you know, weeks and several, you know, several days leading into this, and even this morning. Um, you know, we felt like there was an opportunity for him to be there. We would, uh, you know, it was down, it was down to a couple of players, but we felt like, you know, why not take the best player on the board for us and, and take a little bit of a chance on that? Because, I mean, that position is a position that we covered here, um, but we also know that, you know, if it's if he doesn't show up a year, year or two, it's still worth the pick to us because, again, it, it's it's making sure that we select the best players. And um, you know we didn't have a you know a great need to have someone come in today with the first pick. You know we're very solid on the offensive line. Um, we feel pretty good about our defensive line. And, and even if we were to select a, on the defensive side, a defensive lineman, you know that player also was in um, you know NFL camp. So after discussing it and talking about it, we felt that the best selection for for our club and for, was uh, Tavon Smith. I mean, it's picking eighth. I mean, there's only one lower spot you could be in the first round. What was the waiting game like? And you must have to have so many possibilities in your mind at that slot. No, I mean, we, we've gone through all the, the draft scenarios over the weekend and, and yesterday. I mean, we've gone through every possible scenario that we could, we could uh, you know, you could face. And uh, after a few selections uh, on the top half of the draft, we felt pretty good about where our place was and who we, we possibly could get. And, uh, you know, we were eyeing some of the future guys with, with those picks. And, um, you know, we were, we, were, we were committed to that. And, uh, you know, when it got to our pick, when I guess when it got to Ottawa, we felt really good about it, obviously, with them picking ahead of us. And when they selected their player, um, it was really no hesitation at that point. I know a lot of work still to be done tonight, but there's been a lot of talk about the, the, the depth of this draft. Uh, was that your assessment as well, that maybe you could get a player at eight and in the, in the later rounds that you wouldn't get a player of that quality earlier in your GM career? Well, the, the, the reality for us was you know, that the number eight pick, we wanted to make sure that pick was worthy of the first round pick and for this team and for our needs, whether it's now or in the future. Uh, we feel pretty good about with the way the draft was, is going that we're going to get a pretty good player at number 17 as well. So a player that we feel that will come in if we need him to, to come in and, and meet some needs. Um, we're pretty, you know, again, we, we feel good about our draft. But, you know, we're not going to draft players based on popularity and we're not going to draft players based on region. We're going to draft the best players available for us and fit the things that we're looking for. And we have a, you know, we have a vision here. And some of those guys that we select, we have, um, we look forward 
you know, in the future. And, and again, there, there's a risk in taking anyone who's, who's um, trying out for an NFL team. But again, they're trying out for an NFL team because they have that kind of talent, and that's the kind of talent we want here in Edmonton. All right, so that's my conversation with Ed Hervey about the Eskimos' first-round pick, Devon Smith, a little bit on the depth of this draft. He referenced pick number 17, and uh, the Eskimos just taking that pick. They have taken defensive back Arjun Calhoun out of Michigan State. He's originally from Windsor, Ontario, 6'1", 202 pounds. The numbers on uh, Devon Smith, by the way, six foot two. 200 pounds, and uh, he's originally from Toronto, had been playing with Iowa. So uh, off we go. The draft will clip clip along pretty quickly now. Eight rounds in all. It'll probably wrap up around nine, so we'll keep you updated as uh, as we move along. Inside Sports on 630, Chad. Really good to have you along for the ride tonight. The Eskimos now won't pick again until the fifth round. That'll be 45th overall. Then they have a single pick each in rounds uh, six, seven, and eight defending great cup champion Edmonton Eskimos. All right. Some other news today that I want to talk about uh, as well. And I'll expand on this a little bit more in the next uh, half hour of the show. Travis Hamonick, who has been the subjects of many trade rumors about possibly coming to the Edmonton Oilers has rescinded the trade request he made to the New York Islanders during the season uh, so Hamannick going to be staying with the Islanders, which means he will obviously not be becoming an Edmonton Oiler. Pretty good player, played 23-42 for the Islanders this year per game, 24th most in the NHL, the most on the Islanders. I mean, I, I know as we talked about, about Hamannick over the last weeks, months really, I know there were a lot of you, not everyone, but a lot of you who said, well, he's not as good as Letty or Boychuk. Well, he played more than Letty or Boychuk, and he virtually never played the power play. With the man advantage this season, Travis Hamannick played exactly 60 minutes in his 72 games, less than a minute per game on the power play. So he's a he's a five-on-five horse. Is he a number one all-round defenseman? No, there's not a big offensive side to his game. He only had 21 points in 72 games. Having said that, he would have been the Oilers' best defensive defenseman if you add him to the to the defense score that they had this past season. Remember that. It seems a lot of you get focused on the imperfections and what a guy can't do. You look at what Hamlin can do, that would have been a valuable add to the Oilers. So the work continues for general manager Peter Shirelli. Still ahead, Morley Scott's going to pop in a little more on uh, Hamannick and what's up with uh, with the Oilers. Morley Scott's going to slide in as well. Reed Wilkins with you tonight live at Commonwealth Stadium. The field, I'm looking at it now. It's right behind me. Man, it looks great. Can't wait for there to be a game out here. Talk to you after the news. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Well, Mike, uh, will Mike Riley be throwing balls to Tavon Smith this season or at any point in his uh, career? One of the questions to be answered after the, uh, the Eskimos take Tavon Smith eighth overall in tonight's CFL draft. The Eskimos, with the final pick of the first round, because there are only eight picks in the first round. Winnipeg didn't get one. They used a pick in the supplemental draft last season where you actually bid on what pick you're willing to sacrifice next year 
to get a pick in the supplemental draft. And Winnipeg said, we'll give up our 2016 first-round pick. So that's why the Eskimos t- picked last in the first round, but it's eighth instead of ninth. You're going to hear from head coach Jason Moss in a few minutes. we got plenty of hockey talk coming up as well. A little more on Travis Hamannick. We'll go to Winnipeg to see what the Jets might be thinking about number two. I have a feeling it rhymes with mine but anyway, uh, Morley Scott is the play-by-play voice of the Eskimos here on 6:30. Chad Morley, good to be working with you tonight, man. Yeah, it's great, great, great scenery. You got a nice office tonight. I got don't a you? great view this tonight. Is... I might, I might have to ask to do the show from Commonwealth every day. First of all, it's really close to my house. Yes, that's true. And uh, you walk home for lunch. And second, well, good point. I could. And second of all, uh, I got an incredible view of Commonwealth Stadium. I am in the which is this the south end zone. Yep. Well, I'm in, I'm in a meeting room behind the the deck where the, the, the seats are overlooking the south end zone. And uh, this is a this is such a great-looking This stadium. is the room where the Eskimos have their meetings, too. The players during the season, when they have their, their offensive and defensive meetings, it's in these rooms. Awesome. So they always got a view of the field. Always they're, got they're a view. Either, they're either always thinking it, football. Always thinking football. Yeah, this is great. And it's interesting. Ed Hervey indicating Devon Smith was their guy. Yeah, they, they have number guy. one. Both, yeah. both Ed Hervey and Jason Moss said that uh, he was number one on their board. Uh, great talent. Uh, number one thing from Ed Hervey, I asked him what it is, and he just said speed. He's just got great speed. Obviously, that gets you, uh, uh, you know, he, he, he got himself uh, an NCAA uh college deal in in Iowa and he got himself an NFL contract in Indianapolis so obviously he's got something there's no doubt about that he's got great speed he's a pretty good receiver and uh, the problem for the Eskimos is just how good is he well <laughs> because if he's too good they'll never see him and, uh, and, and if anything about the Canadian talent improving that's it is is that yep. some of our our, our best guys like well, David Onyemata number one ranked even, guy in this draft has he might been not drafted even, yet no, hasn't been drafted yet I think uh, he might go in the fifth or sixth round maybe uh, somebody might take a chance because he's on. that good I mean it's not as if he's a well, he's a fourth round pick in the NFL that's, that's yeah it's good. not as if he's a tweener where he might be really good in the CFL and a practice roster guy in the NFL yeah he's he's probably he's very likely going to play in the NFL hey Morley we got a caller why don't we do it uh, Harry seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three hey Harry hello yeah what's up uh, well I'll tell you this is really really exciting uh, I want to talk about two guys that you got first of all Tavon Smith uh, when Michigan State played Iowa in the or played Al- or Iowa in the uh, championship game uh, he broke free for an 85-yard score, and uh, three guys tried to catch him. They were grabbing air. Nobody could catch him. So if he gets the ball in space, he's gone. Forget it. <laughs> so and they're going to love him. Everybody's going to love him. Um, and then uh, R.J. Calhoun, he went to Michigan State, so we got to see him quite a bit. And uh, he's a real, uh, real very physical DB. Uh, a lot of picks this year, a bunch of picks. And uh, so Edmonton's going to love him. you got two great ones. Well, here, Harry, are, are, now are you in the States or are you in Edmonton and you just watch a lot of Big Ten? No, I'm in the States. Okay. I am in Michigan. Okay, so you watch Michigan State all the time then. Now, was, oh, was did Calhoun ever cover Tavon in that game? You know what? I can't remember. Uh, Please tell me it wasn't for the touchdown. <laughs> yeah, I hope not. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, Calhoun's a very physical DB and uh, makes a lot of picks, and he's very physical on the outside. So he, he, he's going to be very, very good for you. Okay. Well, that, that's uh, that's awesome. It's great you, you're, you're taking an interest in these guys and, and, the, and the CFL draft. And I, you probably heard me just saying to Morley, 
It, it is a bit of a conundrum sometimes, though, for the Canadian Football League teams because I'm sure you know there's, there's more Canadians going to the NCAA than ever before, right, which, which is great. Well, yeah, absolutely, and, of course, they're going to opt first for the NFL if they can, and I, that's understandable. You yeah, know, it's money. top. But <laughs> if uh, if they don't get it, then uh, something happens, and, uh, you know, they'll be in Edmonton, and uh, the fans are just going to love those two. All right. Hey, I appreciate you listening, man. Call any time, Harry. All right, Bill. Thanks a lot. Okay, well, there's a nice little bonus scouting report from yeah. a guy who lives in Michigan and Good watches work, a lot of Big Ten football. And he also, uh, he also confirmed the pronunciation of the name as well. Arjun Calhoun, which Calhoun. is, I think, pretty much what I what I, uh, yeah. what I was guessing Weird at. Spell. C-O-L-Q-U-H-O-U-N, Calhoun. So yeah. there you go. Uh, defensive back from Michigan State. So uh, they, need, they need some depth in that defensive backfield, Canadian depth, because they've lost a little bit back there. I think the other spots they'll be looking at later on in the draft, uh, defensive tackle as well, because they've got three Canadians there but they're all in their in their you know their late 20s so uh, they'll probably need some depth there at some point too but it's it's tough offensive line for the first time in a long time the Eskimos haven't had to get offensive linemen in the draft which is which is nice the offensive line is set it's that was one of Ed Hervey's goals when he took the job what three years ago to fix the offensive line and he's done it well and and it's it, it, it has been let's face it a bit of a cliche in the CFL and and it did happen Kind of again. Well, it did happen again this year. Five of the first seven were O-linemen. Um, where, well, you know, you take Canadian O-linemen and then you just fill in the rest of your roster wherever, wherever you can. But, I mean, a couple wide receivers go in the top eight. Toronto took Brian Jones out of Acadia. And then, obviously, the Eskimos took Devon Smith. And we have seen a bit of that shift where, you know, Devin Bailey was a – he was a first-rounder, right, for the Edmonton yep. Eskimos a couple of years ago. Shamad Chambers is, is a receiver, no longer an Eskimo, but Nate a, Kuhorn, a Canadian, also a Canadian guy, Canadian guy – right, Canadian guys that they took in the CFL draft. It's, it's no longer just, okay, seven rounds of offensive linemen, kickers, and fullbacks. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It used to – there used to be not even many defensive guys. Uh, now there's defensive tackles get taken a little bit, and the odd defensive end comes out as well, uh, once you see. But that's a that's a special quality if you can get a Canadian defensive end to play. So yeah, it's it's changing. There's there's Canadians being used in different ways in different situations now in the Canadian Football League, which is uh, which is great. Um, defensively, pretty much standard. You got a defensive tackle on a safety, which is probably the way the Eskimos will go this year. Uh, but I think all teams and Montreal's done it for so long and so well the all-Canadian offensive line. If you can do that, then that just opens everything up to play your imports at, at other positions. Well, and that is a good point. And, and now the Eskimos are, are likely going to have the two American tackles again, DeAnthony Batiste and uh, Tony Washington, who I who were great on this show, by the way, about, yeah. about three weeks ago. The one thing in that spot is I, I wonder if they're going to try and move Danny Grew into a spot or start to groom him for a tackle spot. Because he was the first-round pick last year. He was year. the first-round pick last year. Out of that offensive lineman factory in Laval, yeah. three guys in the first round this year uh, taken from Laval on the offensive line. Uh, and and he played tackle his whole college career, and he's got an, an opportunity, some say, to play that at the professional level in the CFL. So they might start to make a move there. I don't think it would be this year, on, uh, not even close to a full-time uh, move, but possibly down the line there's an opportunity to make him uh, an offensive tackle get at least four of the five spots on the O-line uh, Canadians, which is just a tremendous, uh, tremendous swing in, in the ratio. All right, Morley, I know you got to get back to the other draft activity, buddy, so maybe we can do this again later near yep. the end, hopefully. I'm around. I know it, it clips along pretty, like most drafts these days. It's not quite the TV production of the NFL draft, but it was, I mean, it was, the first round was on, on TSN, and it was 
made for TV. There were picks that were made that, that weren't announced. You know, they, they, they slowed it down. Yeah. So now it's clipping along a, a lot quicker. So we'll keep everybody updated. Thanks, man. You bet. That is uh, Morley Scott, play-by-play voice for your Edmonton Eskimos right here on 630. Chet, still one nothing. The Penguins leading the Capitals. Four minutes left in the first period. The Blue Jays play a late game at the San Francisco Giants tonight. Doesn't start until 830. I can also tell you Steph Curry, the first unanimous MVP of the NBA. He got all 131 votes. He averaged over 30 points per game this season in the history of the big four leagues in North America. Tom Brady, the only unanimous NFL MVP, that was in 2010. Wayne Gretzky in 1982 with the Oilers, the only unanimous Hart Trophy winner. It has happened, though, 17 times in the two leagues of uh, Major League Baseball. All right, uh, after I uh, after the Eskimos took that pick, uh, first-round pick, Devon Smith out of Iowa, I sat down with head coach Jason Moss. Jason, it appears you've taken a player here that uh, that you're willing to wait for, that there's some realization that, that he may not be on this roster. Right? I mean, maybe he will be, but you don't know. Yeah, there's always always some uncertainty when a guy gets uh, plays at a big-time school and, and goes to a free agent camp in, in Indy and gets paid some upfront money there. You know, you you kind of feel like you may have to wait for him, but it's the NFL, and it's you never know what's going to happen down there, who likes him, who doesn't like him. Um, you know, but we feel like our receiver position right now is a position of strength, um, so we're going to be okay waiting for him if he doesn't show up. But if he does show up, we're going to have some great competition at those spots, and that's what we want to foster in the, on this team is great competition, the best players play. And, uh, you know, I think that's one of the reasons we decided to take Devon, and he was very highly ranked on our board. So, you know, you, when you do the due diligence to, you know, make a board and he's that top-ranked player left, I mean, it's hard not to go with him. In terms of Tavon's uh, skill set, I mean, look, we, we all know what receivers can do in the NFL. We all know what young receivers can do. Maybe the Eskimos don't win this year without Darrell Walker averaging 100 yards a game when he played. So what is it that could make Tavon special in this league? Well, for I mean, he has all the the numbers don't lie. I mean, he's fast. He can jump. He can high point the ball. He can do things like that. Um, you never know how a guy's going to adjust with the waggle. He may become the best waggling receivers you've ever seen up here with the motions that we have. You know, he's played all always on the line down south. So, you know, he's capable of doing that, but you never know what, quite what you're going to get when he gets off the line. So I'm excited to see that. He's got great size, and he played against great competition in the Big Ten. So, I mean, he played against some of the best players in the country and, and put up some great numbers So in, in a couple years. So, um, you know, you know, that's what I'm excited about. I'm excited to get a player of his caliber that can come in and compete with our team and our guys that we already have here that I think very highly of. I mean, look, you've adopted Canada and Edmonton, obviously, since you became an Eskimo back uh, 2000, 2001, around then. What has been the progression of the quality of the Canadian talent coming out of the CIS and and in the NCAA in, in in the 15 years you've really been heavily involved with the league? I mean, it seems. I mean, athletes are just getting better in general. I mean, they're getting bigger, they're getting faster, they're training differently. Um, you know, that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing guys get faster, get higher, become uh, coaches are getting better throughout the CIS. Um, so they're getting coached even better. Um, each year, everyone's evolving, getting better, and the guys that more guys are seem to be going down south and playing in NCAA two NCAA um, programs, and you know you know you're going to get coached well down there as well. So you know you have a vast majority of guys, and I think football is becoming a popular thing in our country. So uh, you know you're always going to produce more more athletes and better athletes uh, with, when it becomes more popular. More kids are going out to play that rather than just play hockey. Yeah, with Eskimos head coach Jason Moss. Man, you know, st- still not not weird. Weird's not the right word. 
but like like I referenced to Jason, I mean, 2001, 2002, 2003, not as much. 2004, though, when I mean, you're talking about Moss to Hervey, quarterback, receiver. <laughs> and now you're talking about the coach and the general manager of the, the, the team. Hervey obviously helped put together the team that won it all last year, beating Moss's Ottawa Red Blacks for the Grey Cup. Now they are together again in Edmonton. One and a half minutes left in the first period. Penguins up one nothing on the Washington Capitals. Reed Wilkins with you live from Commonwealth Stadium. Keeping you updated on the CFL draft all night. We'll be delving into a little more hockey as we move along. As uh, Travis Hamannick has said to the New York Islanders, you know what, I'm fine. Don't trade me. More on that when we get back. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. It's 6.50, 6.50 in the p.m. Reed Wilkins with you. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I am live at Commonwealth Stadium. Man, it looks great. Turned into a pretty decent, decent day. A little chilly. Kellen Kennedy is our studio producer back at the 630 Ched Palatial Broadcasting Compound. Kellen, old boy, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. How are you doing, Reed? Good, good. Have not seen you for a while. Had a little bit of holidays. I went down to uh, California for a few days where it was probably a bit cooler than it was here, especially on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Yes, uh, about high teens most of the time. They're still, I mean, still very nice. Still very nice. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I think what, what was it? What did it reach here on Saturday? Was it 29? Yeah. 27? Yeah, 27. 27. Okay, yeah. it would have probably was 19 or 20. Uh, yeah, I was in Santa Monica most of the time. Uh, got to see Captain America: Civil War, buddy. And? Well, it's not called Civil War, buddy. You're my buddy. It's called Captain America: Civil War. And it's very good. Right on. It's very good. I was quite pleased with it. The action scenes are excellent. Uh, it does a good job incorporating all the characters. There's quite a bit of Spider-Man. Quite well, a bit good. of Spider-Man. Yeah. So if you're a Spider-Man fan like me, you will you will like it. The the, the quote-unquote villain wasn't very good, but really it's about the heroes fighting each other. I uh, I definitely give it a passing grade. Cool. I will have yeah. to go check it out. I have to check it out. The summer season, buddy. X-Men Apocalypse next. Uh, then what? That Suicide Squad movie, if you're into the DC? Which looks awesome. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, what else is coming out? I don't know. Other stuff. There's another Star Wars movie, but that's not until Christmas. All right. Uh, Chris Knobloch, by the way, former U of A uh, Golden Bear player, has been named the Ontario Hockey League Coach of the Year. Coach is the Erie Otters. So a uh, nice, nice award for Chris Knobloch. So Travis Hamannick has said to the New York Islanders, hey, you know what, don't trade me. That uh, issue that I had during the, the, the season with a, with a family member not doing well, the, that's that's fine. Don't, don't worry about that. So Travis Hamannick no longer, well, I, I guess he could still be traded, but he's no longer requesting a trade. So I guess that makes it less likely that the New York Islanders are going to move him. It's this. This remains such a, a pivotal summer for Peter Shirelli. And, and here's a guy that you know maybe they maybe they could have acquired during the season, but but I think just something was didn't quite click. That neither GM ultimately pulled the trigger on a deal that could have worked out to bring Hamannick to the Islanders or Hamannick to the Oilers. And 
I, I think this guy is is a really good defender. I was talking about this earlier. He played 23 minutes and 42 seconds per game. 24th most in the NHL, most on the Islanders. He played more than Letty. He played more than Boychuk. And for all intents and purposes, he does not play on the power play. He played 72 games. He played 60 minutes total, total on the power play. So less than a minute per game. So I, I understand that this wasn't a player you would give up a lot. You wouldn't give up Hall for. You wouldn't give up Dreisaitl for. I think Eberle for Hamannick was entirely realistic, though I know maybe the Islanders would have been pushing to um, to get a defenseman back. But I think something like that could have worked. And I do think this is significant that the Oilers, it appears, now no longer have a chance to get this player. I really do think that is significant. And, and I know there are detractors to his game. And like I said, he's not on the power play. He's not a high-end high point producer from the back end with 21 points in 72 games. But he can defend, he can play a little nasty and stand up for his teammates, and he can help you get the puck out of his own end. And I, I think what Shirelli and McClellan are, are thinking of here is, you know, obviously they want to improve the team. But I'm wondering if they're not necessarily thinking we have to hit a home run with the defense. Because first of all, let's face it, hitting the home run, I I don't know if that's possible if you count the home run as acquiring a true number one NHL defenseman. Because there are not 30 of those guys in the league. There are not 30 five-tool defensemen. Who have an above average, who, who are who are above average or excellent in all five of these areas: physical play, defensive zone coverage, skating, shooting, and passing. I, I don't know, I, like the, the number of guys that you would rate as say four out of five or higher in all those categories. You know, you you can count with all the toes and fingers you have on your body. And hopefully for most of you, that's 20 or less, right? So, so I really think this is a defense by committee season for the Edmonton Oilers. I really think it is. If they are going to have a, a number one defenseman on this team without doing some incredible mind-boggling trade, and I, I still doubt the P.K. Subban stuff is going to happen, then that guy's probably Darnell Nurse in two to five years. Okay? I, I, I really think that's what happens. So, um, I just think whether it's Hamannick or not, this is a defense by committee season. Now, here's the thing I want you to remember. And I want you to remember this going into the season, and I want you to remember about 30 games into the season that I said this. Because you can you can tell me today if you think I'm wrong, or you can tell me when the roster is set for opening day, or you can tell me once you've seen them play for a month or two. I think that Shirelli and McClellan believe, if I read into some of the things they've said, that if the defense gets 10% better, the results get maybe 30% better. I, I think it's a greater than the sum of its parts thing. Because I just think they say we spend less time in our own end Spending 10% of the time less in your own end doesn't just lead to 10% better results. I think they think it leads to a significant jump forward. 
More when we get back. Inside Sports on Chad. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.